Hello, this is Rob Woods and welcome to episode 8 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the show for anyone who works in charity fundraising and who wants ideas and inspiration for how to really enjoy their job, raise more money and make a bigger difference. And in this episode, we're talking all about the skills and mindset it takes to grow your major gift income. And we're talking to someone who really knows what they're talking about, because over a five-year period, Tony Gaston grew major donor income at Ems International from pretty much scratch to over £200,000 in his first year to gifts totalling £2 million last year. And just to place it in context, this is actually the second half of my recent interview with Tony. The reason being, I always try to keep each episode to half an hour or less so that most people can fit that into their commute or to their lunch hour. But Tony had so much wise advice that I couldn't bear to stop recording. So basically, today's episode is the second half of my conversation with Tony. But if you like this one, I really recommend you go back and check out episode seven as well, as he shares some really inspiring examples to help bring to life certain distinctions about his job that have made all the difference. For now, I'd like to introduce you to today's episode, which took place the day before Tony was due to fly out to see one of his current charity's projects in Uganda. We pick up the conversation at a point where we've been exploring how the beliefs you have about fundraising make a huge difference to your confidence when talking about large gifts. Tony has just been describing how thrilled and grateful his charity supporters are to have made donations to the charity. And it's fairly clear to me that knowing this makes Tony feel all the more confident in making future approaches to the donors because he's seen how great this process is for them as well as for the beneficiaries. This episode of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast is brought to you by the Bright Spot Members Club. As a practical alternative to one-off conferences and courses whose impact can fade all too quickly, the Members Club is an online resource that gives you ongoing access to a whole library of video training courses, monthly coaching webinars and live training events. It's all designed to help you learn, enjoy your job and raise more money. To join the 300 fundraisers already in the club, or just to find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk. Part of the challenge of this is early in your career, you may not yet have met many people who are that unequivocally glowing about it. So going in for your early asks, an extra thing that makes it harder is your experience of life is that if someone's given away 50, losing or giving away 50,000 pounds of their own money, they may be feeling poorer, literally and emotionally poorer. Whereas Mm. once you've been doing this a while, you notice how, how truly it satisfies their human needs to contribute and how great that feels. And that um, also has a side benefit that all your future relationships with donors and asks and offers to donors are easier because you know you're offering them something great rather than taking something away from them so yeah. i certainly on our, our course we help people get over those, those emotional hang-ups about the ask by just tuning into the fact examples in their own life that giving is good for people giving yeah. is good for me giving is good for you and it's also give, good for someone who's who's quite a lot richer than us so focusing on the fact that the act of giving a tool makes the giver happier, not sadder, usually helps with that. But I don't yeah. know what other tips you would have to help someone speed up that confidence that I'm not taking. I'm I'm in- enriching someone's life if if I help them. What? Yeah, yeah. I do wonder sometimes if 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 we sometimes feel like we're asking for the money, um, and 
you know that that just should that that really complicates things if you think i'm asking you to give fifty thousand to me then absolutely I'd have, you know i'd have a lot of problems with that um but you're not you you know and and i think if you genuinely have the integrity where you're saying actually i believe in this organization and i wish i wish i had 100 grand that i could give to this because it is amazing and, and having that kind of uh passion and and um integrity that this is something that I if I had the money I would do this as well and I think it's just saying okay look you're you're here um and you know this organization's over here you should have a look at what this organization is doing because it's truly exceptional and just um I guess moving moving towards that but yeah it's it's definitely something that that helps yeah and um there's so many elements to this um and and the first big strong one I think is to un just to understand the fundamental truth that giving is good for people. So if you someone help someone give more to something they care about, they are going to be emotionally up on the deal rather than down on it. Um, I, I think that is a big first bit of it. But another bit of it is, I agree, the confidence in the amazing you know, difference your project makes. Yeah. And, and that helps you be... Um, off the fence it helps you be be more more bold and confident in the way you talk about it and that you know the language i just noticed the language you used there about something being truly exceptional that's different from early in my career when i might have said i really think you should visit this project you know it's making a difference and (laughs) a choice of language the bolder words which you can justify but be your tone of voice all of that comes from what you believe about whether donors gain or not, and what you believe about whether this project makes a big difference. And obviously, that's one of the reasons your organisation is smart, to allow you tomorrow to fly out and fill up with that conviction. That's it. You know, you have to work on your passion. And I think um, if you're sitting behind your desk all day, every day, and you're just looking at your emails, and you're not actually embedding yourself in the organisation that you're working in, I think it's going to be hard to to really believe that and have that passion. And I think that... um, what what I mean by working in that passion is, you know, take the time to go out. It's not it's not wasted time. You know, it's it's very valuable just to go out and and see the projects, to meet the people that are being impacted, to um see the difference. You know, it, you know, even if it's a university where you're seeing, okay, what are the research projects that are going on? How is that having a difference in the world? You know, environmental projects, whatever it might be, for whatever the cause of the charity is, um, there will be things in there that are that are going to bring passion about um and it's just just really locking into those and even even giving what what you can towards it as well and experiencing that from the side of a from a donor's perspective is also i think quite key yeah that's that's a really interesting idea so given that the listeners salary um may be considerably less than that what they might earn in a commercial sector for some you know, equivalent type of skills you're observing even if they could could just give a one-off donation or, or five pounds a month to their charity, in addition to the difference that makes, you're saying that can have a knock-on effect on your own you know, feelings and confidence as a fundraiser to stand by your product. Is that what you're saying? D- definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I would never, ever advise a director to say to their, their staff, you know, you must give to our organisation or anything like that. But just, but just having having that sense of okay well I'm I'm also giving to this I don't know for me it kind of um although I'd never say it 
it gives me the confidence that, well, you know, I believe in this enough to give to it. So if I'm going to ask you, Rob, to give to it, um, I, maybe I'm, I, I'm not a hypocrite, but am I um, being true to myself if I'm not willing to also give? Um, and, and if not, why not? Um, could be a fair question that you could ask me. Yeah. And, and apart from anything else, if you if you do that, give that one off gift or, or, or try for three months giving two or two or five or ten pounds a month. It's just it can be a really interesting experiment to see what kind of thank you letters you get. Yeah. Thank you calls. So, so to, as a, some level of mystery shopper to experience what yeah. is this, this service like uh, probably is going to be fascinating, isn't it? It, it is, and, and actually, what what can be really interesting as well is if if you're married, um, you can you can put it in your partner's name because um, um, or yeah, you you can always just try and um see what it's like from their point of view and ask them how did you feel when you you received that and um just get their feedback because sometimes being so close to the organisation it's really hard to move yourself away, but your partner has the ability to see that and also probably knows you well enough that they can um maybe speak a few <laughs> truths that might you know the the everyday person may not be willing to tell you so um it can be quite a useful trick as well yeah wise words certainly uh, worth someone ha having a think about whether they might like to to try that i've got another question because i've got a memory of i think this was probably day two or day three of that very first program you came on with me okay. uh, at point in the day when people had a chance to share something they were doing, they'd done differently or some victory. I remember you telling a really interesting story and please fill in the, the details, but the gist of it was meeting a donor who was potentially curious, so let's say 50,000 pounds, 75,000 pounds, they could invest. Yeah. And they asked you to, to put together two or three proposals. And oh, yes. for whatever reason, you chose not to send them the 17 page wordy document, but <laughs> you, you uh, you, you thought it would be better if you could send them some really short, crudely put together smartphone films. That's um, right. Yeah. That story. A, could you remind us of the story? Because you know, nowadays more fundraisers are getting with it and doing mm -hmm. films instead of proposals. But A, remind us of that story. And, and, and then B, your view nowadays, do, do you still um, make use of film in your fundraising practice? So, yes, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, Again, I think it will come back to your donor, so it's knowing your donor. But that particular donor, I know that he was not one who really wanted to read very lengthy documents. Um, and so I felt that, okay, what if I just give him a two-pager? It's a very, you know, a picture of what the project is, a description of, you know, very high level, this is what this project's setting out to do. And then I actually reached out to staff overseas um, so I had one project in Malawi, one one project in India, one project in Nepal, and I reached out to our partners over there in the, in the, the countries where we were working and asked them to put together a 30-second video of um, what they're doing, what it's all about, and you know, thank you for your interest. And what came back um, from one of them was just like, wow, <laughs> that was unbelievably inspiring. One of them came back was so dull and you know I had to go back and say look maybe a few more you know not just you talking at the camera maybe show us somewhere where you're working in one of the hospitals um but that for him was really good and actually what I loved about it was because it it wasn't fancy it wasn't glamorous someone just picked up a phone but they were able to personalize that so they're able to say 
hey Rob, um, you know, thanks so much for showing an interest in what we're doing. And here's a, you know, a director of a hospital taking the time to speak to this individual about who they are and what they're about. So that that was quite um, exciting. Um, and he then, in turn, um, you know, said, "Okay, look, I'd like to give a fifty thousand pound donation between these two these two projects." But um, and yes, in the, the second part of your question, I, I use it all the time now. So I, I love to try and have videos and. I don't like the polished, fancy videos. I really prefer that more personalized, um, I, I guess, rough and ready type videos. Yeah, and literally when, when you go out, fly out tomorrow, you're going to take a smartphone with you. You're not going to take a, f- a fancy, expensive camera. You, you, no. your, your tool of choice is a, a smartphone and, and then some cheap or free editing software on your smartphone or and then, then sometimes um, you, you might get a professional editor to, to do some things, but um, the, the, the key thing is you're you're not doing it with a big budget. No, um, and and, and I, you know I work for small small organisation or medium sized organisation. I have done in the past with Ems International as well. So you don't have the massive budgets for for big fancy films, and so um, from that perspective, it's it's you know it, it suits that as well. But actually, I think. Um, it actually is better as well because you, um, as I say, it's got that more rough and ready, um, real feel. It, you know, for the for the donors' point of view, this is genuine. This is real. Um, they, they probably don't want me to spend hours working on a, a fancy video for them. They might feel that's a bit unnecessary use of, of public or of um, charity money. Uh, and so it really does kind of play into that as well. It doesn't cost us a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. And it just adds so much more, I think, than, than a lengthy document. So, um, Tony, a couple of minutes ago, you said, obviously, step one is understand the, the donor and some trusts and donors and companies are going to want uh, lots of stuff written down in, in more yeah. detail. But I sense that in the last few years, more much more often if if you a supporter asks you to put together a proposal the amount of written words you send them has got shorter and is more likely to be one two or three pages than it would have been six years ago and the number of times you include a supporting smartphone film to bring it to life has increased and a have i guessed that correctly and b have you got a couple of i mean obviously on our bright spot members club we've got a little training module that Nikki Bell put together for us because she's great at this stuff where she offers some tips but from your own practice if someone's thinking oh I really must do more of that but I don't know where to start or I'm a bit nervous about x or y um top of your head a a couple of tips that might help someone get going and and, um, do this more successfully um I guess it's to keep it light-hearted if you're going to do a film like that um it's to um keep it keep it personalized um you know address the person by name um or if you want to do multiple people you know you, you can do different takes um but but keeping that that personal bit's really really key um but also just making it more storytelling as well and don't forget that the same rules apply than to other fundraising type work um so you know you want you know if, if you're interviewing somebody 
you want them to tell a story, not to just talk talk at the camera. And 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 for me, it's trying to take away the cringe value a little bit that can sometimes creep in there. You know, just just making it probably a little bit more matter of fact and say, look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're all about. Thank you so much for showing interest. Kind of keeping it that kind of high level for the more detailed things probably best to keep them to a document and you know your donor can read them if they choose to um but maybe not keep those in the video because that that kind of defeats the purpose of it that'd be, that'd be my my take on it yeah fantastic uh, top tips and and from learning from nikki bell it seems to be that the skills themselves really are not that hard and lots of people are using similar skills the way they use their phone in their home life it's a, yeah. as much about a belief and a confidence that it's appropriate to, to use your smartphone in this way um, when when you're doing your work. If I may, slightly different kind of question now, Tony, because as you know, for the last couple of years, we've had an online portal where people can learn fundraising skills, get inspired, get stories like these, and it's called Bright Spot Members Club, and you've been a, a, a member since pretty early on, I think, for a, a year or two. Yeah, I mean... I. I found it really interesting and really, really encouraging for me. I guess the main thing that I really enjoy about having a portal is is that sometimes when you go to these fundraising conferences, you get given some really gold nuggets of information, maybe some really amazing stuff. But for you at that moment, it just wasn't relevant. And, um, you know, so for for me, that's, you know, quite a key thing for me that I like things that are relevant to me right now. So just recently, my chief executive asked me to have a look at the kind of some of the thank you letters that were going out from the organization. Um, and so I jumped on the portal and, and I saw some really great interviews with, um, I can't remember who it was with, but it was um, you know really, really oh, useful. Who's an expert. Is, yes, that was it. The thanking process and thanking creativity, yeah. Yes, and it, it was just gold, you know, but to have it at the time I needed it, rather than, um, you know, wanting to, you know, go along to a conference where I might have had that information, but I wasn't using it right there and then, so it wasn't useful to me. Also then, from a cost point of view, up in Glasgow, there are some great events that are happening, more and more, I guess, but often it's down to London. So for me to then travel all the way down to London, then to go to a conference, which some things may be useful and some things may not be, you know, can can you know really add up in terms of of amounts of money. So just being able just to jump on my computer and kind of look up a a video, and um, but you know probably similar to the coaching with 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 Kim that I've done. It's for me um, having things that are relevant to me right now and being able to to look at um, videos of that or being able to um, speak to somebody about a particular issue. Th- th- that for me is much better than than going along to 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 the bigger conferences. Yeah, and certainly a lot of the driving force for for why I set it up is is um, I know that success in fundraising, as success in life, is more the, of a marathon than it is a sprint. It's not yeah. about what you do on one given day or one particular inspiring course. You know, to get these kinds of uplift in numbers, it's a long old haul. <laughs> we wanted to create something that would support you across that journey rather than hope that you'd remember where your notes were from seven months ago. And Tony, just before we finish, um, I often just ask some, some more rapid fire style questions. Sure. <laughs> uh, if, if you've got a few more minutes, uh, I'd, I'll just jump in. And some of your answers might be similar to something you've said before, or maybe it's a bit different. Whatever comes into your head. Idea one. In the last five years, Tony, has there been a new belief or habit or behaviour 
that has most helped you in your job? Um, I would say the habit of stopping and pausing and really thinking about what I um, need to do to hit the budgets that I need to hit, um, to work smart, not hard, although preferably you work both, <laughs> but um, figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to do that will increase income rather than just you know keeping my diary very busy so yeah just just that stopping and reflecting and pausing if metaphorically speaking you could have a giant billboard which all fundraisers or charities would see what might it say and why could be a few words could be a quote <laughs> a great... short, short paragraph quote from someone whatever you like that's a great question um i think for me it would be failure is your friend and the reason I say that is because I think so often we think failure is the opposite to success. Um, but for me, success needs failure. And once you have that little mind shift as to why failure is needed, it makes you less afraid to make mistakes. And it maybe makes you less afraid to try new things or put yourself out there in a way that you haven't before. So for me, probably failure is your friend. Love that. Thank you. Uh, and I know that um, I'm a, a big fan of getting better at stuff because I read a lot. Some people learn in different ways. Um, I don't know how you are on this one, but it, does there happen to be a book that you found especially interesting or helpful uh, to your thinking in your career over the last you know, six, seven years? Um, it was a book I read um, that started to read many years ago, but I keep picking it back up, which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one particular area, which is on time management, um, and just I've got what four kids. I've got um, a busy, busy job. Um, I've just finished an MBA. It was just been busy, busy, busy. But that's really helped me keep my focus on the things that matter most to me, which are my family and my friends, um, and you know, keeping my sanity. Um, but yeah, that that for me, that book is really amazing book. Um, that is very values based. Um, and, and gets you back to what is important to you know what, what's important in life yeah I remember that the the, um, the later chapters really bring home that values piece and I, I also there's a pattern developing I'm understanding much of your success Tony can be attributed to this theme you've been talking about which is do the important stuff not just the urgent stuff <laughs> yeah chapter three isn't it of of um of the heaven seven habits book it's that yep. we read that book it really helps you tune into not just be busy not what is screaming loudest but yep. pause earlier in the day and be thoughtful as to what is most important to help me get get me to where i want to go yeah absolutely uh, you've reminded me of a of a, <laughs> a chapter i need to reread right now in my <laughs> Uh, next question, what failure or seeming failure in a way helped set you up for a later success? Um, there's probably too many. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I imagine the biggest for me was um, before. So I, I mentioned before that I had um, had a brief stint as a recruitment consultant and it didn't go as well as I hoped. So it was the one kind of time in my life I'd had um, my daughter um, was born that year. Um, and life just got the better of me and I didn't quite do the business development piece 
um, and I didn't do it well enough that six months down the line from that, I really suffered and didn't have the pipeline there um, and ended up, you know, having a mutual agreement to leave kind of that, that organization. But it was a kind of a, a humbling moment for me. Um, but it was very much set in stone that any time now that my pipeline is at the early stages is starting to dwindle at all, I get that fear within me, but like a healthy fear where I'm like, I need to work. I need to get out there. I need to meet more people. My meetings every week have to be at a certain level. I just don't allow myself um, to, to uh, dwindle on that. But for me, that, that was a big failure. Um, but also such a gold, such gold for, for the success that I've had. It's a wise words. If, if the listeners in high value fundraising need an extra impetus to, to think about, can I somehow solve the problems of how to, to, to get some more of our potential supporters or existing supporters to come to our event or to meet us for a quick informal cup of coffee? And how can I creatively, sometimes bravely solve that? Um, next question. Uh, similar in a way, but in case there's a different answer, what advice would you give to a smart, determined person who's just entered the fundraising profession? Ooh, um, I think for someone who's just entered the fundraising profession, it's to, um, I guess, be that sponge to um, to listen to others who have 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 made the mistakes before you, um, to have that very humble. Um, I, I guess way of approaching things and say, look, you know, what what can I learn? Never think that you um, know better, um, and just always have that kind of learnable, approachable, teachable um, character. Mm, fantastic, and um, you know, there's various bits of advice which are often broadly right, but they can be misinterpreted. I think is there a piece of advice that you sometimes hear people? saying uh, which they should ignore or they should um, be careful about just kind of following because it can be misunderstood? Quite often I hear um, negative things said about the state of affairs, which are true. But, uh, for example, Brexit, for example, um, you know, people just don't want to hear what I have to say. You're annoying people. You're pestering people. And uh, what... I've learned over the years um, and Kim has very wisely led me away from is that these are assumptions and we need to be clear. Our heads need to be clear of those assumptions. And yes, Brexit will be really affecting some people, but it won't be affecting everybody. And uh, yes, you know, some people might find it a pest, but actually you might be adding value to somebody else. And so just to clear your assumptions and not believe a lot of uh, the lies that you hear that oh everything's doom and gloom everything's um you know I'm a pest to everybody um, and really challenge those assumptions within yourself mm. really helpful thank you and finally um I've always seen you as a, a positive person a, a can-do kind of a person who's who brings a certain um, energy to uh, you know training days and and to fundraising but assuming that you're just as mortal as the rest of us and you sometimes have have tough days, setbacks. Um, what do you tend to do to handle stress, to become more resilient, to bounce back uh, when those days happen to you? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't do fundraising without having a lot of rejection and a lot of days where things just don't go your way. Um, so, you know, for me, um, for, for me personally, it's exercise. So for me, it's getting out and having a run, 
uh, bike ride. I cycle to work, so it's just I'll take all my anger and frustration out on my bike, um, which is probably good for the kids when I get home as well. <laughs> but it's just that that sense of um, for me just having that outlet and having that um, place to put my my frustration and that stress, um, and also just to remember to have that big picture, just to remember that um, yeah that 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 failure is your friend and that you will you, you know it's not the it's not the end of the world um but yeah that definitely helps me is to, to get out and um, get on the bike and and pedal fast <laughs> keep going great um, <laughs> so tony um so many helpful stories bits of wise advice i really appreciate the the time you've taken to to, to bring some of these lessons you've learned to life for us in this way um so we need to, to finish fairly soon because you've got a pack ready for tomorrow, apart from anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, if, if people want to get in touch, are you on LinkedIn or are you on Twitter? How, how might some people send you a question or, or, or send you some feedback? Yeah, um, I, I'm useless in the world of Twitter. I think I do have an account, but I never use it. But yes, um, LinkedIn, you can get in contact with me there. Yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to hear from, from anybody. Um, I hope I hope it has been helpful for for some people. Um, I, I don't know, um, but but yes, for, there, there's definitely things that I've learned um, that it's always good to be able to pass on. Um, but believe me, Tony, some some really interesting lessons you've a, a, a learned and, and b um, eloquently brought to life with with some of your examples. So, so thank you so much. And also the the the, the last thing I'm left with is is um, a sense in you that um, you know. <laughs> although you're better at this skill than you were six or seven years ago um you're you're really clear that it, you know we're all just on a journey and and that applies to you as much as anyone else uh, in spite of the fact that the, the numbers um really are showing that that uh, you're more successful and skillful than you used to be so i i love that that humble attitude to, to carry on learning that comes across really clearly um and and thank you so much for making time to, to share those ideas um, I look forward to catching up another time soon and, and hear the latest instalment of how you're getting on in your, your new role. But until that time, Tony Gaston, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rob. And uh, thank you for thinking of me. And thank you for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed this second part of the interview I did with Tony Gaston. If you liked it, do check out the first half in episode seven, as there are some really good tips and stories there too. If you'd like to see a summary of both episodes, you can find those in the episode notes in the blog and podcast section of our website, Bright Spot Fundraising. And if you found today's episode helpful, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave a review or share it with other people so that these sessions can help more and more fundraisers. And in case you're curious about the Bright Spot Members Club or the coaching or the Major Gifts Mastery Program that Tony refers to in these episodes, all that information is on brightspotfundraising.co.uk. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for making time for your own professional development by tuning in to listen to this podcast. I look forward to the next episode when we'll be sharing more Bright Spot stories to help you raise more money Enjoy your job and make a bigger difference.